Ann Barner. Hey, Karen Beatty. We need a promo. You know, like where we talk about what we do on our podcast. On our sugar-coated murder podcast? Like how we love to bake and talk about murder? That's what we need to talk about. There you go. I think we've talked about it. Y'all find us on all your favorite listening apps. Stay sweet. And don't murder. Because if you kill people, we will talk about you. This podcast contains strong language and adult situations and may not be suitable for those who are easily offended. Welcome to Fuck My Work Life's Afternoon Break, a quick getaway from your daily grind. Step away from whatever work you're doing, grab your favorite beverage, put your feet up, and enjoy. Welcome back, fuckers, to the Fuck My Work Life Afternoon Break. Today's special guest with us is Antonio from the Coltworthy and the Coltworthy Classic podcasts. Hello, Antonio. Hey, Antonio. Hello. How's everyone doing? Good, good. 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 How about you? Great, great. Glad to be part of the afternoon break. Since I've already put in a full work day, I thought I would take a break with y'all before I go do some more work in the backyard and all that other fun stuff. You must start pretty early then, huh? There are certain days where I start like at 4 a.m., like open baking and Mm. proofing sourdough and all that fun stuff that comes in the world of culinary that I'm currently employed in. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'd actually, I I wouldn't mind a 4 a.m. start. I'm an early riser anyway, and just to have basically the rest of your day to the do rest whatever of your you day. need to do. Yeah. I try to break it up so like I don't have two of those in a row so I can like enjoy an evening and then like sleep in a little bit then do it like an afternoon shift. You know, I kind of write my own schedule that way so I can have days like this. It's kind of nice. Perfect. <laughs> All right. So why don't you tell everybody about your podcasts? Um, yeah, so I've got two of them, the Cultworthy podcast, which was the first one that I started in October of last year. And I was originally a blogger. I was a film blogger and reviewer, and I was just doing occasional like guest spots on other people's podcasts who liked my reviews. And they're like, you should just do your own podcast. I mean, we're in a pandemic like most people. You're at home you should be doing something with this. And that's kind of how it started. And I got to like it so much and got so much positive response that I started the second podcast, which is called the cult worthy classic, which is a weekly guest hosted review podcast on cult worthy and obscure films made before 1970. And I did that. So I wasn't putting some of these classic monumental films in the same categories as Friday the 13th or, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of gory slasher or exploitation film. And this last month, the numbers are about even on both, which That's is exciting. Cool. Yeah. But at the same time, um, now I have to like keep that going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the expectation is high. So yeah, that's, that's, that's the fun part. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. One podcast is so much work. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine starting another one. I give you props for taking on two. Yeah, it sounded easy at the time, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I'm not going to say that it is. At least they're kind of like tied in together. So I feel like your audience and, you know, your your social media is kind of the, the same audience. So you're not mm-hmm. like trying to do two completely separate yeah. things. So that probably makes it a little bit easier, I'm guessing. 
Yeah, for sure it does. Um, I'm, I'm really speaking to the same people. And uh, I'm terrible at TikTok. I'm getting better at Instagram. But where I'm really finding new listeners is by like other people tagging and adding other people. Mm-hmm. And that's where like the listeners are coming from mostly. You know, it's funny because like I've got all, I got family members, I've got people at work nobody listens to your podcast at work. They're like, oh, that's cool. You got a podcast. Great. Good for you. Um, bye. You know, so I, I thought I would have like a built-in audience. I was wrong. And, it, you know, here I am six, seven months later and really kind of starting to like know who my audience is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we we were kind of kind of the opposite. I think when we started the podcast, we did not want anyone at work to know. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, given the name, given the title of the podcast, like "fuck my work life." If, if someone decided they wanted to fuck our work life, all they had yeah. to do was, was listen, you know, run and tattle, you know. So the reason you're here today, Antonio, is because you've you've got some work stories to share with us. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because I. I listening to your podcast now for a few months ever since we started connecting and my favorite stories there there used to be a blog that was called uh, kitchen bitchin back in like the mid 2000s maybe a little bit later and i kind of lost track of it when i left the restaurant world and got into like the the natural market world but it was just like a blog and like a little weekly magazine of just work stories that people submitted and you know I, I'm learning more about work stories from like office spaces or call centers, things that that you guys have talked about. But I really think that culinary industry and hospitality industry, in my opinion, has the juiciest stories because they usually have like the seediest underbellies when it comes to, you know, just the, the people that work there or the people that frequent those establishments or, and also like the seedy underbelly of like, delivery and laundry services that you know are part of the culinary world so yeah there's been a lot that have come my way and and some that i've heard from other people like oh wow like and you lived (laughs) (laughs) oh wow (laughs) (laughs) i'm actually surprised we haven't gotten more of the stories from that industry Mm -hmm. we've gotten a couple but not a ton i thought i thought that would be a huge kind of pool of stories (laughs) So the first one I have for you is one that happened to me personally. So to kind of go back into my culinary career, you know, I I started off as, goodness, when I was 16, 17 at an Outback Steakhouse making onion blossoms and cutting croutons. (laughs) And no one really thought it was like, you know, a, a glamorous job when I went, you know, to school the next day until like people would come in and see the waitresses and servers that I worked with. And then all of a sudden they started applying for like bus boy positions and stuff like that. And I was there long enough to like have a little bit of say and like, oh no, that guy's a loser. You don't want him to the, to the GM of the, <laughs> to the GM of the establishment. So I just kind of fell in love with that industry very, very early. And um, I went to culinary school in the early to mid two thousands. When I got my first chef job coming back to Salt Lake city, Utah, I it's all about it's it's about ego and it's about confidence and like even if you really don't know what you're doing you can never afford to not appear to not know what you're doing you just have to be like you could be totally full of shit and not know what you're saying but you got to say it with confidence or else no one's going to follow you no one's going to work for you 
Yeah. <laughs> and the biggest issue I had right from the start is I just did not know how to hire. You know, I knew how to cook and I knew how to run a kitchen and I knew how to get all that stuff out there. But I was really bad at hiring because I was just hiring people that I thought would do well in that position in the kitchen. I didn't take yeah. the time to like really call references. And in, in that time, you really didn't have anyone to call a reference because it was probably bullshit, you know? <laughs> like if, if there's one thing about the culinary world, most of your staff back in the kitchen are pirates. They are they are vagabond ship jumpers from one restaurant to another for who knows what reason, sometimes under different names. So you just do the best with what you got and take that shot. <laughs> yeah. So I had a dishwasher and his name was Aaron, but he insisted on being called Aaron, capital A dash R-O-N. He would not respond to Aaron. He would only respond to Aaron. And Aaron <laughs> was a rapper and a tattoo artist, among many things. But he had to have a job that looked legit on paper. And that's why he chose to be a dishwasher. Because all the other resources that he had were all under the table jobs. So this was his paper job. Now, here's the thing about Aaron, though. Aaron was a fantastic dishwasher. Probably the best one I had. Um, he was always stoned, which you didn't want him to not be stoned because you could tell like if there were days where like he ran out of money or ran out of weed, he was just dragging. And so you would tell another line cook, it's like, will someone take Aaron out to the parking lot and fix him please because we need our dishwasher tonight. <laughs> but Aaron... Aaron had no respect for like the rules of the establishment, obviously. So there were nights where like busy Saturday nights and be like, Hey chef, I need to go. Hey chef, I got a thing. Hey chef, I got out of this. Aaron, it's a Saturday night. We can't, we can't let you go, man. It's like, I'll make it up to you next week. I'll get you an extra day off. I'll cover your, your dishwasher shift tomorrow, but we need you. And for a while he was pretty good about this. But then one day Aaron figured out a trick to get out of work without having any kind of strikes against him through the HR department. So it was Super Bowl Sunday, and we were really, really busy. We were like a, a, a lounge bar area restaurant. And Aaron, it's like, chef, I got to go. Chef, I got to go. Chef, I got a thing. Like, it's Super Bowl Sunday. I do not have anyone to spare. We'll give you tip share today. Like, we'll do this. We'll do this for you. And Aaron just did not want to leave. So then about 20 minutes later, he comes up to me with a little waddle in his step. And I'm like, hey, Ron, what's going on, man? He's like, chef, I got to go home. I'm like, what's going on? Chef, I shit my pants. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I mean, look, I just, oh my gosh. if you want out of work, just shit yourself. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I, like, I started like going through all of the rules and regulations of food safety and pretty much, there was no way I was going to get around this one. All right, Aaron, you got to go home. Oh. Okay, if you got to go home and clean up, come back, which we knew he wouldn't. But yeah. um, he, he discovered the secret code. Mm -hmm. So now, for like the next six months of Aaron's employment, you just had to pretty much count that there was going to be a Friday or Saturday where he was going to waddle up to you in the kitchen <laughs> with that kind of guilty look on his face. 
and be like, chef, I gotta go. I shit my pants. <laughs> All right. I guess you gotta go home. You know, the first time he even asked if I wanted to see, I'm like, nope, I can smell it, man. I don't need to see it. It's fine. Wow. And so yeah. he was actually shitting himself. He was legitimately shitting himself to get out of work. Wow. Damn. That's, and because I mean, he claimed it was foodborne illness, I had no HR or team member service authority to hold him accountable for anything because he was a violation being in the building with shit in his pants. So, yeah, that is one way to get out of work in the culinary industry without getting accountability held against you wow. if you've got the balls and I guess yeah. the shit to do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Aaron's got some big balls to <laughs> literally so shit did himself. You, did you guys like <laughs> wow. did he make it as a rapper? <laughs> uh yeah, his name is Kanye West now. That's the part I left out of the story. <laughs> That, that tracks. Well, when he does make it, or or when he did make it, you should you guys should have just gotten together like a baby shower and showed everybody shown up with a shit ton of depends. Been like when you're in the studio and you don't want to be there, you can just put these on. If you're on stage in front of twenty thousand people and you're not feeling it, just let one go, man. We'll yeah, understand. You're good. You'll look a little puffy, but that's okay. Oh, Nobody'll know. So yeah, that's that's one that like I, I tell a lot of people, and I, I think sometimes I, I shot myself in the foot when I told them that because even though I've never had it happen to me again with anyone else, I've seen that look on people's face like on a night where it's like busy and they want to go home where they contemplate. <laughs> like you see that contemplation, it's like tonight the night I'm gonna do it. Is it gonna be tonight? So yeah. I can't even imagine. I would rather just be at work. Yeah, I would just, I would just like, what do they call it? Grin and bear it. Yeah. Uh, and just work. Yeah. Like, I could not shit myself on purpose. <laughs> well, wow. like, he didn't want to take the write up. He didn't want to take any of that stuff. So he's just like, shit my pants, get scot free. And he wasn't wrong. <laughs> I guess there's no way HR could have like sat him down and be like, hey, buddy, do you need to go to a doctor? And get oh, my God. Checked out? If, if they <laughs> called him to the office, I bet you $10 he'd shit his pants in the office and just be like, I got to go. <laughs> he'd like, waddle into the office. Like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Oh. Hey, Ron. <laughs> uh, it's like, it's time for your yearly review. Oh, I got to right go. Before this meeting, I shit myself. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. yeah. So yeah, fuck my work life with with that story for mm -hmm. sure. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's my that's that's my big one. I mean, in the restaurant industry, almost anything that you hear is either going to be about a drug problem or someone sleeping with someone that someone else is sleeping with and there's fights in the kitchen that happens all the time. Um, I mean, there's a lot of fights and and it's so interesting in that world and who knows it might have changed by now because it's been about 10 years since i've been in that in that kitchen industry but there is really no more forgiving of a work environment than the culinary world you know there's no water cooler talk there's no conspiring in 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 the break room like literally you fight and then the next day it's just back to business, you know, <laughs> wow. like I think the attention span and really no one just, no one gives a shit. Like servers honestly don't give a shit. 
cooks, they, they give a shit about what they're doing, but they really don't give a shit about what's happening on the other side of, of the, of the window of the pass line. And, and it's kind of the perfect environment for people who are just tired of that office mentality and all the politics behind it. Mm-hmm. It really is because every day is like fresh, you know, I think when you start getting sticky is when you get into like the higher levels of like management. That's when, that's when things get sticky. And, you know, I talked about this with Brendan on Unchefed uh, a couple times. Like if I could be making the money I make as a, as a culinary director, but just as a line cook for the rest of my life, I would be a line cook for the rest of my life. I loved it that yeah. much. <laughs> you know, it's just the routine is great. Yeah. There's different things that happen every night, but you, you know what you're doing and you know that it only really matters about what you're doing and no one yeah. else really affects you at the end of the day. So, so it sounds like I, you and Brendan probably had completely different experiences <laughs> in the well, kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, well, Brendan also worked in, in, in New York City. I've been working in Salt Lake City, Utah, yeah. one of the most boring <laughs> fucking cities and the, the most boring fucking states out there. So yeah, there's there's not as much excitement. I'd say like, the most exciting night I've ever had on the line here in Salt Lake city was maybe like just one of many and any night that he was working in New York city, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Let uh, everyone know where they can find your podcasts. Pretty much wherever podcasts are played. I'm really seeing the most on Apple and Spotify because that seems to be the most popular ones. Don't forget to check out Good Pods as well because there is a pretty cool indie podcasting community on there. And um, you can also go to my website, thecultworthy.com, where I've got links to all of my episodes as well as links to all of my friends in the indie podcasting community like Fuck My Work Life, as well as like latest blogs, reviews. And um, one of the things that I've started doing is I've started doing cult-worthy potlucks where I'm having other indie podcasters who are not film podcasters bring their cult-worthy ideas to the show. So like recently we had um, Talking Smack bring a comic book and Super Familiar with the Wilsons brought uh, Red Dwarf, which is an old BBC show. And I plan on continuing to do those, let people bring the things that they feel need more recognition and more of a following to. And we're going to start doing a lot more of those. It's been fun. Nice. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us on our little afternoon break today. We really appreciate it. Everyone go listen to the Cult Worthy podcast and the Cult Worthy Classic podcasts. And thanks again, Antonio. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Bye, everyone. Bye, fuckers. Bye, fuckers. <laughs> thank you for joining our afternoon break. If you have a workplace story, email it to fmwlpod at gmail.com. Or call our rant line at 310-818-3273. Please follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss out on new episodes. And if you're enjoying the show, take a moment to rate and review. You can find us on all the socials at FMWL Pod. Come say hello and check out all our amazing indie podcast friends. Until next time. Bye, fuckers. I don't know about you, but with a busy work schedule, I never have time to sit down and read. Luckily, there's Newsly. Newsly is an all-in-one audio super app for iOS and Android. 
It picks up articles about the most trending topics on the web and reads them to you in a natural human voice. For the first time ever, the entire web becomes listenable all in one place. You can browse articles from topics you choose and just start playing. Follow specific topics from sports, tech, business, science, or Bitcoin. Newsly will find you the latest articles and read them aloud. They even have digital radio. And do you want to know the best part? They have podcasts. Explore trending podcasts from over 80 countries. And you can find our podcast, Fuck My Work Life, there too. Download and try Newsly for free by visiting www.newsly.me or clicking on the link in our show notes. And be sure to use promo code FWL for a one-month free premium subscription. Stop scrolling and start listening with Newsly.